international physicality wise and you know they're going with them to every ball there. This is Come On Kinds with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Welcome once again into the KCLR studios here in Kilkenny for Come On Kind. We are on season three. This is episode three and I am delighted to be joined in studio as always by my wonderful partner in crime, Mrs. Anya Fahi. Good evening, Anya. Good evening, Martin. How are you? I am great. Thank you very much. We had a busy weekend of camogie action last weekend with nearly every team taking part in uh, some form of other at adult championships. A couple of doozies, a couple of hammerings and a couple of Anya getting the wrong predictions <laughs> as always. She's not on 100% yet, folks, but she's getting better. Uh, Anya, we're going to start with Friday night's game. That was the junior championship game between Pilltown and Dixborough. It was Pilltown's second game in three days. They had one on the Wednesday previous, obviously, because there was a bereavement the weekend before and it couldn't be played on the Monday but they didn't show any signs of weakness or tiredness or anything as they came away with a 3-8 to 1-7 victory over the Maroon women in Pilltown on Friday evening. And you got this prediction right. I know, thankfully. Starting off starting off to, tonight on a good note. Yeah, and to be fair, like I think kind of looking at Pilltown and just, you know, we kind of spoke so much about it last year because, you know, we were all probably in awe on the fact that they have about three teams, you know, competing at adult level and the numbers that they have in Pilltown is just growing and growing and it's great to see. And we have to remember they were in the, the junior county final last year as well. So, you know, that'll be a really, really good result there for Pilltown um, and especially having to do a turnaround of having, you know, a, two games in the space of a couple of days and, you know, Anya Dial there is, is certainly starring for the junior teams but she's also getting her name on the scoreboard for the senior squad as well. So, you know, she's had a, a tough couple of days and uh, the last couple of days, you yep. know, which, you know, tough physical matches but, you know, she's, like if she's anything like her two sisters, she'll, she'll be well able for it any, well able for it anyway. Well, just looking at it here, Marilise Flynn is top of the score sheet on the night with two goals and three points to her name as well. Mm -hmm. Marilise, who of course plays rugby uh, as well and is a a fine camogie player, um, could probably start even on the the senior team. Hasn't played uh, with seniors with a while, but I mean, when you have her banging in two goals and three points with the junior team, I mean, you're not going to leave her go anywhere because Mm -hmm. Pilton will certainly have aspirations of winning the junior final after getting to the county final last year. Uh, And they're going well with it so far with uh, two games played, Two wins, six points on the table and they're after scoring 4.22 in the process which is not bad. Yeah, no, and that's an excellent turnaround for them and, you know, I suppose for Marlies, obviously, yeah, she'll be delighted with her 2-3 and you're dead right, like she's a fantastic rugby player as well and I feel like she's probably kind of focused a little bit on the camogie over the last while um, or whatever the case may be. Um, so, yeah, she'll be a massive addition, I suppose, like if she can get a good couple of junior games under her belt, she'll certainly be in contention there on the senior squad as well but, Muck, or, but Pilltown definitely do doing very very well there you know two games from two and sitting nice and pretty at the top of that game at top of that table and to be fair if you're kind of looking at the other the other teams in not just in group A but also in group B 
you would have to be kind of looking at Piltown to really kind of go all the way at this stage. Yeah, well, the other game in the, the Junior Championship then as well had John Locke's Bennett's Bridge taking on Nabry Dairn's own. And as we said last week, it was still great to see Nabry Dairn's own taking part in it. Um, and John Locke's Bennett's Bridge, I suppose they ran away with it in a small little bit. 118 to 9 points. Fair play to Nabry, though. They put up 9 points on the score sheet against him because John Locke's Bennett's Bridge, having won the league on you, as well mm-hmm. will have aspirations themselves of going far I mean they got to the semi-final last year and Pilltown just pipped them uh, in that game and Vivian Holmes is certainly flying at the minute she scored 2-3 last week she had 1-1 on the score sheet this week but when you have the likes of Megan Welsh banging in over 8 points yeah. as well it certainly helps uh, John Locke's Bennett's Bridge um, and they are going very well on that one with 2 games played in Group B 2 wins and they have 6 points on it and wait till you hear this, eight goals and 30 points in two games scored. Yeah, fantastic. And I suppose, you know, there was a lot of talk about them last year that they were really starting to regroup and, and build. And, you know, Vivian is, you know, she's got all the experience in the world there and she comes from, you know, great stock in, in the Camogie, in the Camogie world. You know, she's current, she's Brita Holmes' niece. So there's definitely, there's definitely good bit of breeding and hurling in her there. Um, so she'll be delighted with that. You know, I suppose for John Locke, Spence Bridge, they'll be delighted to get two wins under their belts especially having Megan um, having Megan for the last two games because you know she is going to be heading off now next week um, she's going travelling for a couple of months so she will be a big she'll loss she'll be a big yeah, loss she'll yeah. be a massive loss for John Locke's Ben's Bridge but you know John Locke's always have really good underage teams so you know I'm sure this girl is going to filter into that and you know they are they're doing very very well and they're going to try and go one further than they did last year and they're certainly looking like they can do that Yep, they certainly are. Sticking with Group B, then the meeting of Carrick Shock and Greg Namana didn't actually take part because Greg Namana received a walkover from Carrick Shock in this game, which uh, is a bit of a surprise. We don't know why, but that is the case. So we can't really uh, preview that one. Um, you did go for Carrick Shock in that one, so you did actually get that one wrong. You did get the John Locke's Bennett's Bridge game correct. Um, so we will. Uh, was that the last of the junior games? It wasn't. Uh, we had Tullahore and Blacks and Whites then playing uh, in the other junior game uh, and again Tullahar is flying at the minute as well 319 to 6 points uh, with the victory there and I know Peter O2 or Peter 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 say sorry, Peter Ryan uh, down in Tullahar sent me on their scores and I'm trying to find them at the there we are uh, Caitlin uh, with 1-4 in that game Leah Hanrahan with 8 points and Molly Ryan uh, getting in with 1-2 along with Clara Kendi as well so a good range of uh, scores in that one Anya and Tullahar atop of the table on that uh, group B with 2 games played 6 points and not far behind John Locke's Bennett's Bridge scoring 8 goals and 26 points but they've conceded less only 2 goals and 12 so they are top of the table at the middle with a plus 5 scoring difference Yeah really good result there from Tuller and I suppose like I always kind of feel like they really are a seasoned team like last year they won a Leinster League title there as well so you know they're definitely a team that are coming that they're constantly coming they seem to be getting in a lot of new young players as well like if you go back like 15, 20 odd years ago Tullahar were really really strong force like you're talking about the Cotterells and the Rhines and all these ones making up this team and they were just phenomenal hurlers Are they have a team that has underachieved in the last number of years? 
Yeah, like I think I think when you kind of go back and look at, you know, the players that they had and where they could be to where they are now, possibly you could say they are. But I think, you know, they've definitely started to develop their underage again. It's kind of like they went back to the very to the very start and, you know, started from, you know, the ground up and, you know, they're slowly but surely developing. Would they survive the intermediate level at the moment? Probably not. Are they in the best position that they can be at the moment? Yes, I definitely think they are. But I do think that they can be really good contenders in a junior championship this year. And, you know, if you're kind of looking at the way things are now, you would be kind of favouring the likes of Tullaher, the likes of John Locks, Bennett's Bridge and Dixborough, and sorry, and Pilltown to be kind of making it to definitely the last four of the of the championship stages anyway. Yeah, well, you have a, a lot of teams that stay in the minute. Um, that was all the junior games so in group A we have Pilltown sitting nicely on the top of the table as we said with two games played six points then Thomastown and Dixborough is coming along there they only have the one game played in it there's only the three teams in uh, group A there from what I can see at the minute on the table um, in group B we have Tullahar and John Locks Bennett's Bridge sitting nicely at the top there from two games played they have six points each Carrick Shock and Greg Namana are coming in then with three points apiece and Nabreed, Aaron Zone and Blacksham Whites are coming in there at the minute with two played and yet to register a point but there is plenty of time left yet uh, lots of games to take part in it um, but it's flying for the Southern teams at the minute mm-hmm. uh, and if I was to put you to the pin of your collar at the minute on you I know we're only two rounds into it you picked James Stevens in the intermediate to go along and do it who are you putting your neck out for when it comes to the junior championship this year? Do you know what? I would love to see John Locke Spence Bridge win it, but I think Pilltown, I think Pilltown will probably go all the way. I think they learned an awful lot from last year. Um and what an achievement it would be to have like a senior and, and an intermediate team in the championship. Like, you know, they'd be they'll be serious contenders at senior at senior ranks anyway. But if they could get a team up to intermediate, imagine how strong Pilltown are going to be in the coming years. Yeah. Um and I just think with the experience they have from last year, I think that they could potentially win the county final. But I would definitely love to see John Locks Brent's Bridge go really far this year. I think do you know what? I think they've worked really, really hard and especially the likes of Vivian Holmes I think she's worked extremely hard um, in that in the club down there the last couple of years to kind of get them all together and to you know to drive on Camogie and Bennett's Bridge and it would certainly be an icing on the cake for them to win a junior county final It certainly will and of course Viv is now one of our new referees mm-hmm. as well in Camogie heard and that, yeah. uh, GAA and she's flying at it as well so she's a busy lady and Maybe all the refereeing is keeping her nice and fit and sharp <laughs> as well for the Camogie games. But uh, okay, so you're putting Piltown as the winner so far of the Junior Championship after round two. Moving along then to the Shaw's Department Store Intermediate Championship. And there was lots of games taking part last weekend with the first up meeting of Emeralds St. Anne's and James Stevens. Emerald St. Anne's going into this one with a defeat last week to Liz Downey, while James Stevens had a narrow three-point victory over Mullinavat and it was a tight enough game with James Stevens, your favourites for the championship coming out on top 3-9 to 1-5 Yeah and to be fair like I don't think you could be too surprised but I do think the Emerald St. Anne's will be bitterly disappointed um, with that result. I felt like they probably took their eye off the ball the previous week against St. Lactons of Freshford and you know they really had to kind of make amends for themselves this week and listen they're they're in the same position that Tullerone find themselves in at senior ranks as well there you know we have a must win game this weekend too but you know Emerald St. Anne's it's just about they're going to have to just rebuild themselves now they're probably going to their main focus now is going to be on championship and they just have 
have to really just get ready for the first round there. But I think they will be bitterly disappointed. James Stevens on the other side, to me, this is not an unexpected result. I think they are certainly, you know, I I still think they're going to win the, the county final this year. I think there'll be a massive, massive addition in, in senior ranks next year. But... Mulnavatter literally only waiting in the wings. right behind them there, so that should that should be a juicy one if we could get that as a county final there. But you know, certainly I think James Stevens are just doing what they can do at the moment. Neve Dealy is getting a goal there. Rachel Lahey one, as well. one yeah, yep. you know, Rachel like, Lahey one two. Creeve you know, more and four points, and Kieran Delaney getting the other goal as well. Yeah, really good to see. And you know what? Like I, I'm not sure. I I know Sophie. I think was away for the first game. I'm not sure if she was back available for the second game. But it's great to see some of the newer players getting in there, getting on the score sheet like Quiva Morn was a sub goalie for the intermediates this year and look at her she's coming out field there and she's scoring four points uh, Kieran Delaney getting in a goal there Rachel Lahey won two as well you know we had Michelle Teen last week that was scoring a goal so there is an array of different scores around there so it just actually goes to show how, how solid James Stevens are There was a lot of trepidation about the next game coming up it was the meeting of Liz Downey and St Lactans it was a home game for St Lactans and Paula Dowling wasn't here you backed St Lactans all the way to go along and beat Liz Downey Liz Downey going into it after a not so great uh, display I think it was against Danes Fort in the first game they only scored four points and they only went and blew you out of the water mm-hmm. by beating uh, St Lactans in that game and it was 213 to 111 in favour of Liz Downey yeah what have you to say to that one madam I just, I just won't be back in St. Lactans again now to be fair because when I went against them they won and then when I went for them they lost so Sinead Farrell still hasn't spoken to me she's actually kind of avoiding me the last two <laughs> days um, but yeah do you know what that's a, a mighty mighty score for Liz Downey and you know definitely one that everybody would have kind of you know wrote them off and you know there was kind of nearly talks of whether they would be able to settle into intermediate level were they better off nearly going back to junior level but by God I say we were worried about them yeah, after the first round we were like to be fair um, but you know that's an absolutely brilliant result there and you know I spoke about it last week as well and you know we kind of have to take it into consideration for that game like there would have been an awful lot of, of emotions in it you know these two teams have played together as one for the last eight years and you know anybody from Freshman Liz Downey knows the rivalry that's there between the two clubs anyway and for these two teams to join together they kind of you know push put that all aside and went out just to play Camogie so you know for Liz Downey to, you know to come out and win that game Aoife Car- I think you know she I think Claire Phelan got a good few scores if Carl was back on the scoreboard there as well I think I have them would here would you believe it I'm somewhere. trying to fo- I'm trying to find them as well I have the uh, the St. Lacton scores yeah, so while you're here. trying so to find Claire them Claire Phelan got three points Aoife Carl had three points Neve Houlihan had one three uh, Katie Brennan had a point Ava Dooley had two points Ashling Phelan had a goal and Laura Hegarty had a point so you know a, a load of different scores there which will be something really positive that Liz Downey yep. can take from it Lydia Fitz of course kind of being the main you know, troublemaker for fresh first yeah, scoring two, four one last eight. week, yeah. one eight this week. You know, yeah. and she's kind of shown her dominance. You know, having that experience of playing on the in the senior inter county panel the last couple of years. But is it shown that they're probably relying a little too much on Lydia to do the scoring? Like if you're scoring mm-hmm. all of the scores last week, two four, and getting one eight on the score sheet as well. Yes, Chloe Dewey, Chloe Dooley, I should say, um, chipped in there with two points, and Frances Welsh also getting a point as well. But like, it's still only three scores, like in the whole of the game. Yeah, I think so. I think. 
think like they are very much over reliant on her now. I do believe that there is one or two guards come back from the Gwail talks, and I think they'll add a little bit more firepower up the front there. You're looking at Julia Amberg, and she's been quite consistent for Freshford over the last couple of years at underage level. So you know she's to kind of come back into that fold as well. But I think for St. Lactans after the highs of you know winning their first intermediate game on their own, and I know Paul and all the guards were absolutely delighted with it to to come out and to be beaten by Liz Downey, which to be fair, I don't think they were expecting that. I think they were kind of expecting to to get a good win over Liz Downey that and that would have put them in a really, really, you know, a, a good position heading into the, the latter stages of this league championship. But, you know, I think I think St. Lactans in this case, like Emerald St. Anne's last year, probably took their eye off the ball a bit and probably took Liz Downey for a little bit for granted there. And, you know, Liz Downey showed their fighting spirit and, you know, came out and that's an excellent, excellent result. Considering like it's very hard for a team that got such a beating the previous week to have to come out. You literally have a six day turnaround to come out and to produce a performance and a scoreline like that. I believe anybody that was at the match actually said it was a really, really good competitive game as and well. And take on some someone who you have been playing, playing with like with, with the yeah, last seven odd exactly. years yeah exactly um, but yeah you know brilliant for them you know I think you know Aoife Carl was definitely more of herself and on better on the freeze this weekend and which definitely helped a lot for Liz Downey but I think you know talking to a lot of people Lydia Fitz was definitely probably the standout performer herself and Claire Phelan then were kind of you know nearly matching up against each other there so you know it's a really really good result for Liz Downey and it's back to the drawing board again for St. Lactans yeah they don't have much of a time no, to go to don't. get back to the drawing board as we will find out later on uh, one scoreline that you did get right and that was that Mullinavat was going to beat Danes Fort at the weekend uh, Mullinavat 5-14 Danes Fort 2-9 and while the score might have suggested that Mullinavat had this easy Danes Fort actually played very very well mm. in the game Mullinavat raced into a 3 point to no score lead after the first 5-6 to six minutes but Danes Fort got on the, the score sheet themselves they really came back at him um, got a goal themselves Mundavat then tipped away and got a couple of scores then uh, going in leading uh, at half time um, but I suppose when you look at it Mundavat like Leanne Fenley was playing centre back had an outstanding game mm-hmm. Amber Laverty a young player is up playing in the forward line Julia Malone was her usual brilliant self I'm sure put in the full forward in the middle of it yeah. and getting 3-3 last week and Michelle Quilty getting another 3-3 again last weekend as well. I mean, the bit of the pace might be gone, but the brain is certainly no. not. It's still there. And no, no much how much uh, Danes Ford tried, just there was no stopping Quilty at the weekend. No, and you know what? You can't beat experience and things like that. And, you know, that's she's showing all her wealth and her experience coming into these games. Like, you know, she's been so prolific for Kilkenny and for Mullinavat throughout the years. And she, you know, probably the break probably did her the world of good. She probably got back her love for it, kind of got back her enjoyment. And she was hungry for it. It looks like she's been hungry for it if she's, if she's after getting six goals in two games so far she certainly was hungry for it um, so yeah like you know Mullinavash just you know getting through these games and you know doing very very well in them and you know I think I think James Stevens probably know themselves that the county final is theirs for the taking but you know they have to be very very careful with with Mullinavash there because you know they're definitely going to be producing something special Well there was um, a couple of players missing for the day for Mullinavash against James Stevens, um, and they were back the weekend and you could actually tell yeah. I mean Hannah Dunphy was playing corner forward and mother of God if you had to be down and watching the game she caught at least three balls in a row mm-hmm. out of the sky 
almost on the sideline with two of them and popped them straight over the yeah. bar like it was a joy to behold and a joy to watch I was actually talking to somebody who was at the match and they mentioned her and the words that they used to describe her was man she is a stallion and you know the performance that she gave was absolutely incredible there so you know and Hannah's been like you know she's been coming and coming the last couple of years yeah. as well like and she's still quite a young player and she's kind of been one of those standout players I remember Angela Keneally talking to me about this Hannah Dunphy girl only going back a couple of years ago and she was like she's going to be she's going to be a great player so you know really good to see because I suppose like we are so used to seeing Mon Lavash compete at senior level and you know there's always been the, the massive derbies between themselves and saying Lacton's of Freshford at senior level and it was kind of you know to and fro who was winning county finals there for numerous years and the battles and they have themselves like, in Thomastown for yeah a while exactly well. like so it would be it would be great to have the likes of Mon Lavash back, back at senior ranks and you know they've such great history in the club but you know it'll be it'll be a very interesting I, I really think like the intermediate championship is going to be a ding dong of a championship again this year Now I wouldn't rule Danes Ford out yet no. either because while the result didn't go Danes Ford way I mean they had some excellent performance I mean Emily Hughes at centre forward was very very good there Olivia Manny in midfield I thought she was excellent um, as well mm-hmm. I don't have the team list with me I did have but they're uh, their number seven uh, was very, very good. And in fairness, um, I know her surname is a booth and I can't think of what her first name Caroline. is, but she was on Michelle for a long periods of time. And although she did get the three goals, yeah. I mean, she did play very, very well on her, to be fair, yeah. um, and stopped her from getting a couple of more. You know, when you have the likes then of Roisin Welsh, mm-hmm. Aoife Mulhall and Eva Dunn as well getting on the score sheet. Um, I mean, they put up a big score last weekend. They still scored 2-9. Yeah. Um, I mean, if Mullinavat has a weakness, it's probably their defence at the minute because uh, Danes Ford did get in for a couple of easy scores. The mm-hmm. first goal in particular, I mean, Titchfield and, and McDonald's Dunphy certainly wouldn't be happy with the way that that goal went in but uh, if I was Danes Ford I'd be happy enough with the performance and just get ready for the next game Yeah I think so and I suppose like you know coming up against such a stronghold like Mullinavat like you know if you can get a performance in it at this stage of the year like that's going to be a really good shout to them and you know you have to look at Deirdre Feeland there as well you know she got a couple of goals last week and she's after getting another goal and she got a goal and a point this week as well so she's definitely you know somebody that you know Danes Ford would be kind of looking to as well so yeah listen they mightn't have got the result but I think Danes Fort can certainly be proud of where they are because they've had to do an awful lot of rebuilding over the last couple of years in Danes Fort and you know great to see great to see them kind of nearly climbing the steps and getting back to the top again where they should be They are in fairness <coughs> they have Mick Wall out there as well that's managing him um, from the sideline and I mean he's a good manager as well so mm-hmm. I mean you know they're in good hands out there um, I see Owen O'Neill was with him as well yesterday so uh, and Tom Manny sure as usual Tom is always there with the the team so yeah good pedigree out there I can tell you to ones to watch out and I certainly wouldn't have any fear of Danes Ford going further in the championship as well yeah. the meeting of the southern teams then we have Glenmore and St Clairs and you put St Clairs down to win this one you weren't too far away but you were still wrong because it ended up in a 2 ways to 2 ways draw in Glenmore in what was I believe a very entertaining game of Camogie Yeah a real Southern derby there like between these two teams and you know I suppose for both teams they're probably going to be bitterly disappointed that one of them couldn't come away from it but you know I suppose when you're looking at the scores again Afton Grace is still notching over 4 points on you feeling notching over uh, 4 points and the two Kennedys Caroline and Maraid uh, slotting in a goal each there as well you know so they'll be happy 
happy enough with that I suppose but you know St. Clair's are kind of looking at it now at this stage they competed in junior county final for two years in a row were beaten by O'Loughlin's and then beaten by James Stevens. so they're, they're going to want no, to they, sorry, beat, they beat James Stevens they beat James Stevens yeah. and now look at sorry that's what they beat James Stevens, but James Stevens seems to be the team that are have going, pro- yep, yeah yep. are progressing further from them so I think you know for St. Clair's they will be kind of trying to put a mark down on themselves I think for Glenmore like and I, I really don't want to be harsh but I, I do think that's a really good result for Glenmore I would have been slightly worried about them you know kind of in the championship and but listen they're, they're after getting it they're, they have a point on the board and they're after taking you know and Laura Doherty is, was their top scorer with one goal and six points, six points. Claire Elward yeah. one point Sophie Mullally with a goal and a point as well and uh, yep Laura Doherty is on the bottom of that uh, score there so it's actually great that when the team send in the scores that we actually have them yeah. uh, for when we're recording the podcast it's great to see who was doing what but um, yeah Glenmore's first outing um, St. Clair's after shipping a heavy defeat against uh, the Roarness League the week before I suppose they'll be happy enough to get a point on the board at least yeah. that it wasn't a second defeat from uh, going into the next game but yeah no anyone that you seem to be tipping is losing at the minute they're nearly worried now whether they're going to be tipping them or not uh, next week right we're going to keep moving along then and for the next game we have Moonkine and Ballyhale Shamrocks it was another victory for Moonkine 12 points to one goal and 5 points Anya Fahey Moonkine are flying at the intermediate grade yeah they certainly are and I really think like you know they're they're definitely going to be within a shout of being, you know, towards the end stages. And I think, you know, they I think they learned so much from winning the junior last year and there was so much hype about it last year and them winning that they kind of grew and, you know, loved the celebrations and, you know, loved the acknowledgement that they were getting. And I think they're so evenly balanced. And the one thing I will say about them, they're so mature on the field. These girls are experienced. They know what they're doing. And, you know, I you think... You can't beat success though. No, you can't. And I think that, that they're bringing on and I suppose you look at their hurlers last year as well like yep. county final Leinster final All-Ireland final and they're doing incredibly that nearly well pushed them on the, the fact that the hurlers were actually yeah. after winning mm-hmm. um no, I'm I'm wrong. The, the hurlers were in the county final. Yeah. Um. At the next day, and the Camogie women was on the day before. And when the Camogie women actually won, yeah. they didn't want the hurler to be the hurlers if they were going to win to be the all one out. So yeah. it actually pushed the women on to to win it. But we said they might struggle a small little bit, but mm. it's the opposite. They're flying. No, I don't think so. I think they're going to be. I think they're re- going to be really strong contenders. Um. This year at intermediate level, you know, disappointing obviously for Ballyhale, like you know, because they're such a stronghold name, and you know, just before. Before we go any further, I just have to mention one person from from Ballyhale. I was just going to do it, and I think you were going to do it as yeah, well, Angela. Um, Angela Ireland yeah. O'Sullivan. Like I had the privilege of knowing her, and you know, um, very friendly with her for many a year, um, and just absolutely heartbreaking. And my condolences to all the Ireland and O'Sullivan family um, on the death of Angela. She was such a huge, huge Camogie supporter. Um, she was so so brilliant with Ballyhale Shamrocks, and I know she's going to be missed thoroughly in the Camogie club down there. And you know, she was always you know a great one with witty one-liners and always one that was mad up for oh, the crack. Know. Yeah, she, all she the time. She was mad on social media. Yeah, she was. Anytime the Kilkenny was playing or Ballyhale was playing and anything went up on social media, she was nearly the first one in to either comment mm. like or give out if something yeah. wasn't going right either. Exactly. Um, you know, it, it was great. But uh, yeah, look, our, our sincere sympathies to everyone in the Ireland family, but especially to Sean O'Sullivan, um, Angela's husband. I yeah. mean, Sean, when he was secretary of Ballyhale and this is all to do with club championships 
championships in fairness any time we ever look for the pitch in Ballyhale whether it was for semi-finals or county finals mm. all down through the years he was so obliging and he couldn't yeah. meet a nicer fella so our sincere sympathies to Sean and to Kelly um, as well as to Angela's daughter it's going to be heartbreaking uh, for them uh, over the next couple of days but yeah you're right to uh, to do that and I was going to do it anyway so to everyone um, who knew Angela um, over the last number of years someone taken so young and it's not fair at times but we sincerely send our sympathies to everyone involved uh, in Ballyhale because they've had it rough Very over the last number of years down there with yeah. bereavements and the whole lot but look say la vie we'll, uh, we'll move on um, and the next game that we're going to do was the meeting of Barrow Rangers and St. Martins is coming up on my list next no. and Lachlan. no that's on the score sheet here but um, I have it from the, the fixture from last week just for your predictions wise is Barrow Rangers oh no the Roar and O'Loughlin sorry it is there yes you're right the Roar and O'Loughlin God uh, Martin can you get anything right here at uh, all? no I still haven't changed the glasses that's what's wrong anyway I'm blaming the glasses on this one right Roar and Estique 4-11 O'Loughlin's 13 points that's two big victories for the Roar in Estique in the Intermediate Championship uh, not so good for O'Loughlin Gales and you did uh, predict that the Roar was going to win this match Yeah and they're absolutely flying it the score lines that they're actually putting up you know in the in the game in, the, in their two games so far this year has been absolutely phenomenal like I think what was it 3-2-18 3-18 they got last week you know that was a massive score line 18 as well I think yeah, yeah do you know and then to throw up another what did they get 4-11 4-11 yeah do you know what I think you know Roar and Steeg are definitely cruising and they're definitely in the right way and I kind of heard something during the week that you know they at one stage they didn't have a trainer or a manager No Emma was yeah. telling me that they didn't you know, at the start so, of the year So you know a fair place and they're really after getting themselves together and they're absolutely flying flying it and you know if they can keep up this winning mentality anything could happen they're not I, to be honest with you I remember playing Roran Stieg back in 2015 with Tull Ronan in the Intermediate County Final we drew with them actually beyond in went to a replay, yeah. and went to a replay and I remember never being so nauseous at the thought of having to play them again, they they're just there's just a really good, really really good outfit. And again, do you know what? They've had to go back. They've had to regroup. They've had to rebuild over the last couple of years. But by God, they're definitely pulling out all the stops here in, in the in the in the campaign so far. Well, it seems to be yeah. a shootout at the minute between Quilty and Quiva Caramorta because yeah. <laughs> Quiva Caramorta scored three two last week, and she got managed to get three three this week with Cree Langton four points, Kelly Hamilton again with two points. We mm-hmm. mentioned her last week. I was very impressed with Kelly's work rate. Um, and her distribution of the ball last week she was excellent Laura Prendergast with a point Aoife Ling chipping in with a point and Kira Foskin getting the goal there as well on that I don't have the O'Loughlin's uh, scores with the 13 points um, mm-hmm. to see who scored there but another big wing for a win I should say for the Roar and and they're going very well in the championship so far Yeah they certainly are and I think O'Loughlin's would be very very disappointed you know they're, they're bottom of the group there now at the moment and they're you know showing a, a minus 19 points in, in a score difference there and you know they really need to get a win under their belt there if they want to kind of have any hopes or aspirations to be competing you know in a quarter final stage because O'Loughlin's have a really good tradition of Camogie as well and they'd be very very disappointed with their performances so far when you look at the calibres that they have Laura Green is back from Abu Dhabi you know she yep. looks like she's playing in around the full forward line you've got Laura Murphy there who's been a standout inter-county Camogie player for the last couple of years and especially this year on the senior squad you've got Danielle Quigley there who's been on the senior squad this year as well so 
you know they have the players there you've got Ashton Butler who's you know bringing all her wealth and experience into this as well so you know there's nothing stopping there's nothing stopping O'Loughlin's they just need to gel that little bit better now together and they need to push this on because you know it would be disappointing for them you know to to you know have a disappointing league campaign and you know it probably it's it's not a nice feeling to have to go into the championship knowing that you haven't got a win under your belt and listen if anybody knows I know I know myself you know as well so they really just need to, to push on now because you know they they have such a great history there and you know they should be doing a lot better than they are do you think some teams will be not so much worried but relieved that there's not going to be a relegation battle this year yeah I do I think I think a lot of clubs are going to be relieved that there's there isn't a relegation to be fair um because I do think for a lot, I don't know what it, I don't know what it is about this year. I just felt like this year. I suppose you know we've had to deal with COVID over the last couple of years, so you know guards didn't get to go on J ones, they didn't get to go on their holidays, they didn't go and get to do whatever they wanted to do, and I think that's certainly after impacting the club season this year. I know, I suppose I can only talk for myself until our own point of view. Like we've had an awful lot of guards that were gone off travelling for the summer, they were gone off on the J ones. Then we had a lot of guards that were going off on holidays, you know, for three four weeks, and it certainly has impacted. On us, like, and I do think it has certainly impacted on other clubs. And I think, if anything, not having relegation this year has definitely kind of, you know, relieved the pressure off a lot of people because well, it does only for twelve months because I'd imagine with the it twelve teams in, coming back, yeah. it will be back next year. Like, I do in one way, I do think there should be a relegation, but it, you know, because I obviously, if a team is going to be playing, you know, whatever grade it is, and they're going to be coming going out every weekend, and they're going to get bet, and they're just not competing. That's how their interest is going to, you know, they're going to lose their interest in it, and the club is going to dwindle down as well. Like, I do think the you know teams should be competing at the level that they are being competitive at. But I think, thankfully, this year, I think a lot of clubs will be very happy that there isn't a relegation. To well, I would imagine so, but they have twelve months to get their act together yeah. now um, for next year. Uh, moving along then into the senior grade the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Senior Championship and first up was the meeting of Barrow Rangers and St Martins and you gave the nod to Barrow Rangers despite herself here in the studio giving you the eye um, and it was St Martins that came out on top by 12 points to 1-7 and I suppose the fact it didn't help Barrow Rangers that Colette Dormer from what I can gather got sent off in the match as well Yeah but I believe a bit of a ding dong affair there as well um you know, I suppose, listen, Bar Rangers will be very disappointed over over that and not getting the victory in that and, you know, whatever the case may be that around the circumstances that Colette got sent off in. Um, to say Martins, you know, they managed to pull it out of the bag. I believe Katie Nolan was absolutely phenomenal on the day, um, you know, and she, you know, definitely is kind of pushing, pulling St. Martins through this. And well, if Teresa Healy is listening to this, would she ever send in the scores for us for last week yeah, and for really this like week? Like, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, do you know what it's it's a good result for St Martins it's definitely a result that they needed considering you know the way that they fell to uh, Young Ireland the week previous yep. I think that it's definitely the, the rebound that they needed now they have Conaghy Conaghy are sitting at the bottom of the table if St Martins get a good victory over Conaghy in the next game you know they'll and we'll, be, we'll preview that now yeah, shortly like yeah. they, will, they will be sitting like they will be staying in second place like you know so that would be a really really good result for them Bar Rangers I think you know they're, they're definitely going to whatever's going to happen with the Colette Dormer situation we don't know um, but yeah I think you know they'll be obviously very very disappointed with that result I did and I actually jumped the gun a small little bit on that because I forgot to give the tables for the intermediate they just have to land in here in front of me um, so the Shaw's Department Store Intermediate Championship in Group A James Stevens is top of the table 
table with two played and six points. Then there's a rake of teams then in underneath it with Mullinavash, Danesford, St. Lactans and Liz Downey all with three points from two games played. Mullinavash currently in second spot in the table with a plus 11 score difference on that one and Emeralds St. Anne's surprisingly enough bringing up mm-hmm. the foot of the table in Group A and that one which is a real surprise after their exploits of uh, last year and even the year before as well so still time to turn it around there um, in Group B then as we said already the Roar and the oh, flying high at the top of the table there with six points after two wins Moonkine are in cloud nine at the minute they're the very same with two wins and six points then Glenmore and St. Clair's with a point apiece and Ballyhale and O'Loughlin's bringing up the foot of the table with O'Loughlin's as you mentioned earlier down at the very mm-hmm. bottom only with score difference but as we said there's still a lot of time to play in that uh, championship moving along then to the second game in the senior championship it was Young Ireland's and Conaghy you did get it right you did say Young Ireland's was going to win this one and they did comfortably enough by 119 to 10 points over Conaghy uh, which is leaving him flying high themselves at the top of the table with two good victories yeah and you know what by all accounts and from any reports that are kind of coming back from people Goran seems to be the team to watch this year and you know a lot of talk is kind of being around Dixborough and will you know Dixborough definitely surely are the team to beat but I think Young Ireland are putting themselves in a really really good position and I think you know they're kind of going about their business just doing you know whatever it takes to do it but they're coming out with some extraordinary scores there um, you know Sarah and Quinlan notching in 1-2 Steffi Fitz with 8 points Sarah O'Donnell 4 Julie Lennon with 4 points again this week you know she, she seems to be causing a little havoc I know she didn't get goals this week but you know she's still being consistent she's still getting four points there Grace O'Donnell with at a least point you found well. that I've been trying to find it and I couldn't yes. find it uh, you know and then sure of course listen look at Connie there Danielle Marcy 12 points last week 7 points or 12 twelve points the week previous 7 points again this week um, I don't even know if Roisin Phelan is is back yet I know she was travelling so you know Connie will obviously be disappointed with that result but Young Ireland's I think keep an eye on them I think they're definitely you know they probably are a team for you know what we've seen throughout the years at underage level under 14, 16 and minor they've probably underachieved at adult level with the calibre of players that they have but they seem to be gelling very very well this year and by all means I think they're, they're definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with Am I right in saying they got the county semi-final last year? Two years ago. Two years ago. Um, Clara Thomastown no, wasn't Thomastown yeah. really went to town on a all together yeah. But I think they've learned from that experience and with a group of girls that has come on and they're now a year, two years older as well. And you yeah. put into the mix the two Fitzgerald sisters who's yeah. in on the, the senior team as well. They have a good mix there now mm-hmm. at the minute and um, they're certainly uh, lying in the, the long grass uh, yeah. waiting to pounce on it. Um, and before I get you to do your predictions for the senior to see who's going to come out and win oh. the championship on that one, we'll stay going. And to last year's champions who are really setting down a marker with a big victory Uh, last weekend and another big victory this weekend gone when they played Wine Gap 319 to Dixborough 2-4 to Wine Gap Um, and they have raked up three goals and 37 points in their two games to sit nicely at the top of Group B you did predict the win as well by the way (laughs) 
Yeah, Dixborough can't really seem to do much wrong now at the moment, can they? I know I was talking to somebody after the match and they were saying the hardest part of the match was actually getting to the pitch for them because they, <laughs> the roads were closed. <laughs> right. They had to do such a detour, you know, for somebody that could have been maybe living three, four hundred metres up the roads. They had to drive the whole way around to Ballycallan to get to, to get to Palmerstown um, for the match. I think the match could have been slightly delayed as well by a couple of minutes for that reason or whatever the case may be. It wasn't delayed enough anyway because poor Lil couldn't even get out of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, do you know what? I think uh, I think White listen White Gap are a really really good team as well and I think you know probably the scoreline didn't certainly didn't reflect that but Dixborough when they get on their groove by God are they well able to motor they are just so you know economical around the whole of the field like they're just they're absolutely brilliant they waste absolutely nothing they're so clever and you'd know that these girls are all basically near enough to the same age group that they've been playing with each other all the way up along and you know it'll be interesting it shows to see. because it they don't show. give away too much scores no. either because if you look at it Wine Gap had 2-12 the last day against Piltown uh, and they only managed to get 2-4 um, against Dixborough as well so they don't give up an awful lot of scores No they certainly do and I suppose if you know if you were to take kind of one critic maybe from the performance you know last week is they did still let Wine Gap in for the two goals and they're probably going to be disappointed with that as well like they do have very very good backs there as well like and obviously in an excellent goalie in Kirsty Mar too um, but listen you know I think that's just really kind of you know pulling pulling at last straws there trying to, to find something something wrong with the Dixborough team there at the moment but they certainly can't seem to do anything wrong and you know it'll be interesting to see will they be able to go the full haul and retain their title you know they did win it in what 2019 yep. lost it in 2020 got it back in 2021 yep. so will they be able can to do, do it back yeah, to back can they do yeah. it back to back like and you know we've looked at them for so many years at underage level and they're winning all these county finals and you know they have been producing it in the last couple of years at senior level but really to kind of immense themselves and put them at the top of you know the leaderboard there they need to be doing a back to back this year I think in 2020 though after 2019 they kind of got hung up a small little bit yeah. on the victory and yeah. it was like I won't say it was they thought it was inevitable that they were going to go out mm. and do it but a lot of the teams actually had stepped up a gear yeah. from the previous year but this year they are gone at it from word go like I suppose the fact that they were playing Camogie right up to the mm-hmm. Leinster final um, yeah. to nearly last Christmas time as well like has helped them an awful lot with strength and conditioning I mean they've only been off for a couple of months they've still had a lot of players that's been playing in the league section yeah. you know a lot of them girls as well has been playing on county teams whether it be minor uh, intermediate level or senior level there's a couple of Mm -hmm. girls there so I mean they haven't been not doing anything No. Um, so that has really helped them to to sit nicely at the top of Group B Yeah I think so and I suppose like when you kind of look at it as well they're probably one of the very few clubs within the whole county that do have that selection of players on a lot under 16 minor intermediate and senior squads but then also on Ashburn teams as well I think Dixborough were nearly coming out I think it was between themselves nearly and Barra Rangers that were coming out with the majority of players that were playing within Ashburn as well so you know when you have have the two schools obviously yeah exactly and and the Prez as well they're going to absolutely drown probably the Loretto out there completely as well and you know when you're looking at that when you have girls that are playing at the top level because they are like realistically if they're in Loretto or Prez they're, they're playing at the top level in schools if they're playing with any of the colleges teams they're playing at a massive 
massive that top level they there are. and then obviously then with your inter-county squads as well so you know it does have that a bit of addition to it I suppose from a club point of view then you're kind of looking at it going oh god will we ever get a girl at train and you know there's so many of them involved in other teams but then you know, at the back really of that, need, it's a do massive. They need the training? No, it's a massive, massive advantage to them to have guys playing at top flight. And the one thing, I, the one thing about Tixburn, I suppose, I really noticed against St. Bridget's Ballycallan, their county girls, they have this serious love for their club. And that is not saying that the other clubs, anyone else, anybody don't, else yeah, yeah. doesn't. But I just feel like with Tixburn, they really, really love going back to their club. They love going back to their roots there and they enjoy it because they really are childhood friends. And I think that's a big, big thing with You could have seen it even the last night we were out there with... Um Aoife bringing back the couple yeah. like for the, the following Tuesday night after <coughs> the All-Ireland victory you're dead right in what you say there like the club yeah. is certainly number one out there yeah. with him and it's great to see Pilltown and St. Bridget's um, met in Pilltown at the weekend and Pilltown came away with the victory 12 points to 1-6 you did predict that Pilltown was going to win it this game was 5 points apiece at half time which mm-hmm. is fairly low scoring Katie Power didn't feature for Pilltown in this game obviously the two dials were still missing as well we did mention earlier that Anya Dye was playing with the juniors and she was also out with the seniors um, as well and I think it was nine points she got with the seniors uh, I think if we look back yeah, to the scores I'm going to try and find that in a minute um, but St. Bridget's only for a last minute goal really by uh, Lauren Ronan it would have been 12 points to 6 so the goal kind of took the, the gloss off the um, the championship and yeah Anya Dial with 9 points 6 of them were frees Lauren Norris getting on the score sheet and Sophie Holden Laura with 2 points and Sophie Holden with a point as well Yeah you know what yeah, I kind of feel sorry for the Pilltown Juniors because once this championship starts on Anya Dial is probably going to be non-existent for them and you know she's she's definitely kind of leading the way in scores for Piltown and, and in the junior grade as well but you know fair play to her to be able to kind of turn around and still produce the goods at senior level only a couple of hours really you know at what 24, 48 hours between some of the games is phenomenal for her too. I think you know for St. Bridget's okay regardless of the score again like I definitely know from the, the Dixborough game the score did not reflect it. I'm sure it goes the same in the Pilltown game as well. St. Bridget's are a very, very good team. They're a very good squad. They're very, very young as well. And, you know, you were kind of looking at the scores there. Tara, Tara Ronan, she's only young. Lauren Ronan, she's only young. Laura Hennessy, yes, she's been around a good while, but she's still like, you know, she's only in her mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Amy O'Connor, they're one of the senior players on the team. You know, the these these girls are really gelling well I find this year and you know I think you know come the latter stages come knockout I, w- I certainly wouldn't like to be coming up against them anyway well, You certainly um, write them off at your own peril as yeah, a lot of no, teams have found not. out I, And you know what I think it is I think you know they won an under 14 Fela only a couple of years ago and these players are all starting to come to four but they're competing really well And they actually beat Dixborough in an under 14 A county yeah. final as well in the Kells Road a couple they're, of years ago And so. they're, they're like they're really like competing well at A level at underage and this is where this is where the difference is when it comes to playing at adult level um, I think obviously they are going to be disappointed that they didn't get a win out of that but I think you know I think they can certainly hold their hold their, hold their head up high there on that, in that regards as well but Piltown of course Piltown being Piltown being able to do it without you know three of the finest camogie players in the country they're yeah. still able to produce the goods it just shows the work that they're doing and again like intermediate there is no relegation <coughs> in senior either so I mean that's yeah. probably a helping hand to a lot of clubs as well yeah. that they can build for next year Clara had their first outing at the week and they were playing Thomastown you predicted that Thomastown was going to win this but Clara had different notions mm. 3.15 to Clara 1.14 to Thomastown and it was a very 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 good performance by Clara by all accounts with Mary O'Connell 
one eleven out of the three fifteen. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable scoring from her. And, you know, <clears throat> she's kind of carried her form in from, she's carried her form in from the inter-county season, you know, the last couple of years. And I suppose for Mary, she really kind of wants to give it her all there. She's going to be heading off travelling over the, in the next couple of months as well. So, and you know. And that's going to affect Clara. Yeah, it's definitely going to affect Clara. I think it's going to, it's going to have a huge impact on Kilkenny as well. You know, if, if we're, if we're being honest about it, because I think she definitely has been, you know, a really strong player for Kilkenny over the last two seasons. Um, and you know, like and it's not even the Camogie <coughs> women. Like there's a lot of the hurlers that's been touted to be going away as well. Like so, yeah. as you said, everyone has been locked up for the last number of years, and you can't blame people. No. They're young; they want to go travelling, etc. But it is going to have a detrimental effect on club, yeah. county, and uh, people themselves. Yeah, it certainly is. And you know what? I think for. You know, I think for Clara this year, they're probably kind of looking at it. They, you know, they had to, they've had to win this match without Ashling Nolan, without Claire Nolan. Two girls have gone travelling. Now you have Mary going travelling as well. It still goes to show that they're well able to compete with the, the top teams up there. And they have again, it's their youth that they're bringing through there. Um, so yeah, really, really good result for Clara. Can't wait for this weekend. <laughs> It'd be great fun. Oh, um, you're playing in my take and so. But yeah, do you know, like a really, really good result for them. And, you know, if they've got Chap Clear that's involved with them there as I'm well. I'm just going so, to say it, yeah. He yeah, seems so to be working what, well with them. You know, them. a great amount of experience to have there. And, you know, Clara have been coming and coming the last couple of years. And, you know, it's it's no surprise there that they're going to be definitely in the, the last stages of championship as well. Yeah, they certainly <coughs> have been knocking on the door. Well, just to complete the tables then in the Michael Ling Hyundai Senior Championship in Group A, Young Ireland's, as we said, sitting at the top of the table there with two games played, six points. St. Martin's with three points then there in second place with two games played. Barra Rangers and Conaghy then with a point apiece with two games played as well. Moving to Group B, Dixborough and Pilltown is on top. Both of them there with six points each with two games played. Dixborough, however, with a bigger scoring difference with plus 31, Pilltown and plus six. And St. Bridget's and Winegap are without any points with two games played at the minute and one gap at the bottom of the table uh, just by difference of score difference as well with minus 21 and as we said no relegation this year so a lot of clubs relieved with that one moving to group C then Thomastown is on top of the table with two games played they have three points Clara with three points with one game played uh, and Thomastown only on top there with a plus 12 scoring difference Clara with plus 7 and Tolerone with only one game played and no points to their name yet and poor Anya is looking bewildered here the fact that they're going to have to go out and play uh, Clara next weekend as well but we are going to start with next weekend's games and some of them has been changed so as always as we say make sure to check out kilkennycomogie.ie for all the latest up to date fixtures we couldn't read them out here when they go out on a Tuesday night and they could change first thing on a Wednesday morning so if you are going to a game please make Make sure that you check the website before you go anywhere. Anya, we are moving to Thursday evening where we have two games. The first one is in the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Senior Championship. It is Conaghy versus St. Martins. It is in Jenkinstown. It's going ahead at 7 o'clock. 
and how do we see this one going after last weekend's results? Do you know what? Just before the, we start doing predictions, I think it's great to see great to see matches not all on at the one time. I understand it's a lot got to do with pitch availability. Electric you know, picnic as well. Yeah, do you know, but you know what? Kind of thankfully, electric picnic is on because the clubs have decided to change some of the games. But like, really good to see the well, matches. Well, we have asked some of the clubs to change games as well to go with the Saturday or the yeah. Sunday so that we could even broadcast a couple of matches live which would be nice for people yeah, to be able to but, but even just to be able to get it like I was so bitterly disappointed I didn't get to go to any game last weekend and especially when training. you're playing this yeah, weekend like as well yeah. you know, like, and it's so it's so it's so annoying and so hard to try not get to them and, Right, um, we'll go to Jenkins Town now on Thursday and tell me who's going to win that Ooh, interesting <sighs> I am going to go I think, I'll go with the countdown I, clock here and start you at 30 I think, seconds. <laughs> I think with the manner that St. Martin's won the game the last day, I think that's going to spur him on to get a victory over Conaghy. The daggers are being thrown. I feel very intimidated here, to be fair. You do know you didn't go from the last time and they actually won and you're going for them this time. Yeah, now, so. I'll go with them now this time again. This is like putting a nail in a coffin for some people. Yeah, you do know, know that. Yeah. Okay, so St. Martin's are going to beat Conaghy according to our expert here in studio uh, on Thursday evening so the Shaw's Department Store Danesfort versus Emerald St. Anne's in the Intermediate Championship that's going ahead in Danesfort it has a 19.45 or quarter to eight throw in yes there is lights in Danesfort so it will be played there um, and after last weekend's results how do we see this one going? Do you know what I think you have to kind of look at this with the team that's on form at the moment and unfortunately for Emerald St. Anne's I think Danesport are the on-form team I know that they didn't get a victory last weekend um, against Mullinavat but I certainly think that they're they they're gelling well. they're, they're gelling very very well so I would be expecting and a home match as well I would be expecting Danesport to come out of that OK so we have to move along then there's no games on Friday or Saturday in the Senior Intermediate or Junior Championship the first one is in the Hyundai, Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Senior Championship it is Group A it's round Three. It's Young Ireland's versus Barra Rangers. <coughs> the two neighbours is going ahead at eleven o'clock in Gordon on Sunday morning. On Fahi, who's going to win that? I, Young Ireland's definitely for me. I think Young Ireland's are going to come out um, with a victory in that. I think they're definitely one of the standout teams in the in the grades this year. Okay, so you're going with Young Ireland in that. We'll stick with the Senior Championship. Pilltown and Dixborough, a repeat of last year's county final. It is a home game for Pilltown and it's going ahead at 11 o'clock. They are two of the top table clashers in Group B. So, dissect this one. Um... You know, I, I'm going to stand by what I said. I don't think Dixborough can do any wrong at the moment, so I'm going to give Dixborough the nod on this game. Okay, we put. I'm changing a different highlighter tonight because I can actually see it better when I do this one. Staying with the senior championship, then St. Bridget's are going to take on Wine Gap. That's in Kilmana at 11 o'clock. Now, there's a one for you to sink your teeth into. Oh, I think this is going to be tough. I think this is really, I think this, this one could be a really, really good game. Um,. I think Wine Gap will have all the experience in the world, but I just think the younger players for St. Bridget's. Uh, so, are you giving the nod to St. Bridget's? Um, can, I come, can I come back to that one? You can. I'll, I'll come yeah. back to that okay. one. Okay. 
Uh, I'm not going to ask you to do the Tuller Owen and Clara one, but I'm going to predict that the Clara is going to win this one anyway. And I'm going Sound to Martin. I'm going to put it down on it because if I go for a ye, uh, it'll usually happen that you'll lose. So I'm going to do reverse psychology Great. and not give you a chance in the world with it. And hopefully you'll go out then and put in a performance. So And if it doesn't work, don't come back and blame me. OK, I'll try not to. <laughs> right. Uh, while you're thinking about St. Bridget's and Winegap, we'll move on to the Intermediate Championship game. And the first one up is a meeting of St. Lacton's and Mullinavat. And that's going ahead in Freshford. And I'm going to look forward to this one on mm. Sunday. 11 o'clock in Freshford Sunday morning. But who's going to win it? A real um, a real age-old rivalry here. But you would have to give the nods to Mullinavat in this game. OK. Well, we'll certainly put it down on that one. Uh, I suppose another meeting down south. Mm-hmm. Strange with so many, I suppose, teams in the one locality. But St. Clair's are going to come up against newly promoted Moonkine, who are flying at the top of the table. This game is in Kilmichow at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. So, can St. Clair's get a win on the board or can Moonkine make it three from three? I think Moonkine are going to make it three from three in this game as well. Just like that, God, I would be shot when I go home to say that no one would even go from. But anyway, uh, moving along then to Ballyhale Shamrocks and the Roar in a Steeg. Not going too well for Ballyhale, but the Roar are on fire. It is a home game though for Ballyhale this time, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Can the Roar also make a tree from tree or can Ballyhale pull off an upset? Um... Unfortunately, no. I think it will. Be. I think Roar and Steeg are going to come out with this one with victory. I just think at the moment they really are a, a team that are performing very, very well and can't see anybody kind of, you know, getting to them at the moment. Okay. Got you going for an awful lot of away victories mm. uh, this time. Not giving much to the home sides. No. Right. <laughs> Junior Championship. Just like that, no. Junior Championship. Nave Breed, Aaron Zone are taking on Carrick Shock in Ballyragget on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. This is in Group B. It is, of course, the round three games. Uh, and how do you see this going? Silence is golden. She's thinking. I think So anyway it's lovely weather out today wasn't it I mean the sun was shining in the whole lot and I think this one is going to be Di- er, Dixborough this one is going to be Carrick Shock Okay so you're mm-hmm. going with Carrick Shock in this yeah. one Yeah Okay uh, Moving along then to the other game in Group B we have Blacks and Whites versus John Locke's Bennett's Bridge it's down for Skiok at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning um, Oh that one is going to be John Locke's Bennett's Bridge just like that, nice and quick. Uh, group A then in the Junior Championship in round three. We have Dixborough and Thomastown. That's set for Parmistown at five o'clock on Sunday evening. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a draw game, to be honest with you. I think that one's going to be tight, but I'm going to slightly, by the slice of margins, edge Dixborough on that one. Janie Mac, I had it down for the draw with the highlighter in it. So had you when she's out there going. So we're, we're going to Well, it could potentially it. be a draw. So we're going with, the, you're, you're thinking Dixborough now though. Well, if you if if I if you're putting like a gun to my head and I have to pick a winner, I always put a gun to your head to pick the winner. Well, then I can't have a draw. Then I have well, to you have can a winner. if you want a draw. If you think it's going to be a draw, well, then it is a draw. I think it could potentially be a draw. Potentially, though, is not a draw. The <laughs> <laughs> Mac. <sighs> okay, we'll go with Dixborough. Are you sure? No, you don't want to put it down for a draw. No, but can we put a note beside it that she said draw, just in case. Give me a pencil. I write this down beside his plea. That's a highlighter. Right. Um, could be a draw 
Exclamation, exclamation. Right, okay. Did you uh, do Lachlan's and Glenmore? No, I'm coming back to that that's one now. Um, that's going ahead in John's Park at one o'clock on Sunday and it is in the Shaw's Department Store Intermediate Championship game. Glenmore coming with the draw last week yeah. on Auckland's with two losses. How do we see this one going? Um, do you know what? I'm going to give the nod to O'Loughlin's on this one. I think... I think yeah I think I think O'Loughlin's will have kind of pulled their socks up now at this stage and they need to get a good victory so I'd be hoping they get against Glenmore here Right I have to bring you all the way back then to St. Bridget's and Wine Gap to see have you made up your mind on that one yet and you can't pass and you can't sit on the fence and there's no pass go and there's no collect £200 I'm going to go with Wine Gap You're going with Wine Gap Yeah Okay By the skin of their teeth do I have to write that down as well by yeah. this game? <laughs> do, please. <laughs> okay, so that is, uh, we eventually got there. That is the predictions for the weekend. So we're just going to run down through all the games again. So on Thursday evening, you have two games at adult level. You have the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Senior Championship game, Conaghy versus St. Martins in Jenkinstown at seven o'clock. And then in the Shaw's Department Store Intermediate Championship game, we have Danes Ford versus Emerald St. Anne's at 19.45 in Danes Ford. Moving then to Sunday in the Senior Championship, Young Ireland's take on Barrow Rangers in Gordon at 11 o'clock also in the Senior Championship Pilltown host Dixborough all these games are 11 o'clock unless I say otherwise Senior Championship St. Bridget's versus Winegap and Tullerone versus uh, St. Bridget's and Winegap is in Kilmana and Tullerone versus Clara is a home game for Anya and the Tullerone girls out there as well moving along then to the Intermediate Championship St. Lacton's versus Munnavat goes ahead in Freshford St. Clair's take on Munkhine in Kilmacow Ballyhale Shamrocks versus the Roar in the Steag that's in Ballyhale while in the Junior Championship Nabridairn Zone take on Carrick Shock in Ballyragget while Blacksome Heights will host John Locks Bennett's Bridge in Skiok Intermediate Championship then sees O'Loughlin Gales host Glenmore in Johns Park at 1pm and to finish off the fixtures then we have Dixborough taking on Thomastown in Palmerstown at 5 o'clock in the Junior Championship. Oh God, we have a lot of games on. We have a lot of hurling games on as well over the weekend. I can see a serious lack of referees being yeah. available for games because all the junior games are going ahead in the hurling at 12 o'clock. All the senior games are going ahead in the hurling at half past three. So there's really going to be a shortage, I think, at the weekend. So there might be more than matches is getting changed around the place. So it might be one just to keep an eye on it. Obviously, I was in with Sinead earlier on as well on Scoreline and there was a new survey that came out by the Ulster Department up there uh, in the university that said that 94.26% of referees surveyed had received physical or mental abuse and it was affecting the mental health of our match officials. There was 1,500 surveys sent out, only 438 of them came back, but of the 438 of them, 94.26% of them had, in some form, been abused. And we've seen it last weekend as well in games, and it hasn't gone away, has it? No, it certainly hasn't, and I suppose, you know, that's a that's a massive, it's a staggering percentage to be looking at, to think that um, a human being is feeling physically and mentally abused um, for, you know, doing their job. 
uh, for doing a job, uh, doing a job that, you know, without them, our sport and our game couldn't go ahead. Um, you know, it's it's worrying. It's very, very concerning. And I think, you know, it, it definitely needs to be highlighted a lot more. And, you know, I was listening to I was listening to you doing it. And I know that there were some, um, you know, text messages coming through there, whatever the case may be. And people saying like, you know, you know not all referees are right and, you know, etc, etc. And, you know, to me, I, I kind of felt like that was nearly, you know, an easy way out. A cop out. Yeah, an easy way out. And, you know, I think it needs to go back to the fact that, like, you know, a referee at the end of the day is only human being and regardless of, you know, what your opinion is of them during the match, nobody should feel like that they're being physically or mentally abused, certainly not 94.26% of 438. Well, um, one of our own surveys. referees, and I didn't mention the name on Sinead's show because obviously it goes out in text, but we can on the podcast because this is a Camogie related podcast. But uh, I had a phone call last week from Kira Murphy. And you know Kira very well, and mm-hmm. I've seen Kira refereeing games. She was actually refereeing at the under fifteen Leinster development blitz at the weekend as well. Delighted to see her up there yeah, and getting big opportunities. Honor, yeah. It's great for her. Mm-hmm. But she rang me, and she had done uh, an under twelve camogie game uh, in the couple of days previous to the phone call that she rang me, and she was quite upset on the phone. Um, and I hope she don't mind me uh, telling this but I won't say the clubs or anything that was involved in it Um, but she had been verbally abused by adult men over a team in her duration of refereeing an under 12 game so much so that the players in the field heard the lads on the sideline roaring and shouting at her and thought to themselves okay well if they're able to do it Mm -hmm. so can little Mary or Anya or Lillian on the field and think that it's okay to do it and when she's admonishing the players then as well she's getting it from the sideline to cop the hell on and to get on with it and never mind your BS and the usual crap that goes with it as well and she actually said it to me that she felt quite intimidated Yeah, being a young girl on a field with adult males coming I won't say coming at her to a certain degree, yeah. but like when they are they are in front and you know they're making themselves yeah. big and overpowering. Correct. Yeah. yeah. You know, it is a frightening experience. And I've had that with grown men. Mm. Um and I can only imagine what it was like for herself. And it was the first real experience of abuse that she has had at yeah. a game and I suppose was just ringing just to sound out exactly what she had to do yeah. um, I suppose just the fact to, to chat to someone which is always the case I'm always there if any of the, mm-hmm. the younger referees or whatever need to have a chat about anything um, there's no issue that way but like that's absolutely disgraceful and it just goes to show that 94.26% of the survey done by the Ulster University is totally correct. Yeah, do you know what? That's really that's a really devastating news to hear about her. And, you know, it's appalling in a way that grown men are, that were doing this um, and it kind of goes back to monkey see, monkey do. Um, you know, if kids are going to see Yeah, that's exactly what you said earlier, yeah. yeah. Do you know, like if they're going to see this going on from the sideline, they're going to think it's okay for them to do it on the pitch as well. And it goes back to the lack of respect that it that is showing towards referees. But it also goes back to, you know... It, 
parents thinking it's okay for them to do it and it's okay for their kids to do it as well you know that comes into discipline as well I think it's it's absolutely disgraceful it's disgusting to any referee but especially to a young girl who's doing it I think that's absolutely atrocious behaviour um, you know if it was me I know straight away that I'd never do it I'd never um, referee a match again if and this is the, the problem that we have yeah. because I mean I was delighted and I told Kira as well the very same thing to take a couple of days reflect on it but the last thing to do was to really worry about it and the best way to get over it was to get out onto the field mm. do your next game which she actually did a couple of nights uh, later because i seen her name up on some of the fixtures as well um, and then when I saw her out at the under 15 development place which I didn't actually know that she was going to it yeah. um, there was a couple of photographs and a small little vi- mini video that Leinster Camogie had put up on their social media channels and I was so delighted actually to see her up there because she's such a nice girl the kids actually love her refereeing mm. and she done our school final as well and she was brilliant because yeah, she, she explains excellent. the freeze and the fouls and as I always say people might not agree with her on mm. what she's giving them for but at least if you explain what your decision is yeah. it makes it that small bit easier but you still have the clown and the gobshite on the sideline who thinks that they're right the whole time and the referee is always wrong and no matter what happens unless their team is winning by seven Mm -hmm. or eight goals and they could still shout in at you even winning by seven or eight goals and the question Sinead put to me is what can be done to alleviate abuse towards match officials and I'm going to ask you in your opinion and I know we've talked about this before Mm. but we seem to be going around in circles because nothing seems to be getting done about it so what can the story actually be? Do you know what like it's, it's you know what isn't it like we're 12 months later we're still talking about these issues that have happened like because it happened in the club championship last year like you know in a couple of games like and you know isn't it sad to think that 12 months later we're still no better we're still no wiser as to where we need to be or we still don't have a solution for for this problem because it is a massive problem just to go back to the Keir situation I'd love to know if those people that were abusing her on the field were members of the club and what have the club done to that because the club should be taking the Coaches. Well, you know what? The club needs to take responsibility on that, in my opinion. They do need to take responsibility. There has to be some sort of an executive meeting in the club. They cannot let their cl- coaches talk to a referee like that, be it Kira or be it anybody. They shouldn't be allowed to talk to it. And especially at an under 12 match. That is absolutely disgraceful. These are young kids that are out on the field and, you know, the coaches are meant to be role models for the players. But that's the worst place. As I said to Sinead, my first experience ever with any kind of abuse was a physical assault when I was 14 years of age doing an under-12 boys game inside in Waterford and Mount Zion when I started off first. Yeah, just they're, they're nearly as bad as yeah. going out and doing an adult game. Yeah, they are because the parents just get they just get so hyped up into it and they just really get into it. But I there's just, a difference though in getting hyped up. I mean, yeah. you're at a game when Tullerone is involved. I'm at a game when and you know what I'm like when mm. it comes to Kilkenny games and whatever and I can be very vocal above in the press box and the whole lot <laughs> when it comes to, to refereeing decisions that you're looking at. Yeah, But I mean, when people whether it be coaches or whatever and they're on the side of the field and they start getting personal and really shouting dogs abuse and becoming almost violent and threatening verbal abuse like something needs to be done about that badly yeah it's bullying 
like it is it is a form of bullying whether you want to kind of say if you want to kind of if people want to say ah no now you're losing the run of yourself that's going a bit too far but it's not really it is a form of bullying like name calling uh, verbal abuse physical abuse that is bullying if you look up uh, if you look up a definition of bullying and uh, that'll get that'll tell you what it is like so it is a form of bullying so it shouldn't be allowed like you know we've been talking for so many years about you know cyber bullying and you know bullying in schools and underage and you know what it's what it's doing to people's mental health like it's a conveyor belt it's going round and round and you know I suppose like we can only focus on our game and what we're going to try and do to improve it but you know I think it's very hard it's really disheartening the fact that we are still talking about this as I mentioned already 12 months later yeah. we're still going on about Literally, this yeah. we don't have a solution for it yet but like you know and I'll go back to what I said 12 months ago there needs to be harsher punishment put on those who are inflicting the bullying and I'm going to stress that again because it is bullying in my opinion that they are putting on other people like I think like I think the referee should nearly have you know maybe a slight little bit of more power to kind of be like you know ask people to do you know what you can do you can get in your car and you can leave the field I think that's going to have to be the start we've been doing if you can't well, some, of, some of the new initiatives like the soil and soil line yeah. is coming in I know they have it in America now they haven't obviously got hurling or camogie to a certain mm-hmm. degree over there they do but not maybe to the championship level that we would have here yeah. but I know in the soccer there is actually and I've seen clips of it online as well where the referee has gone over to the parents that's sitting on their seat at the sideline at a soccer game and these are young 11 maybe 12 13 year olds and basically told him that if they didn't shut up that he was going to clear the sideline completely and put everybody out Mm. of the field and you know what wouldn't that be really really sad to see that we we don't have spectators at our matches but on the other side if you don't if have you a referee, can't behave yourself at a match and act like a responsible adult and be a role model for the kids around you, then you have no place being at that match, in my opinion. If you can't keep your trap shut and keep your nasty and snide comments to yourself, don't go there simple as that I think like to me I think a silent sideline yeah okay it would be of benefit but it would be really really sad to see nobody, nobody at a match yeah. like, because and it's not well, when, when they say the silent sideline what they mean is the adults and the coaches yeah. are there on the sideline but you can't actually talk so there's no shouting so there's not even encouragement like it's complete silence so yeah. you let the kids go they play and whatever and then at half time you have your small little talk or whatever and at full time you have your talk and that's what they're meaning to try and cut out everything I mean I'd hate to see encouragement go because you love to yeah. see parents especially when someone is scoring a goal at under 12 level and the whole place erupts mm. I mean we've seen it at the schools games yeah, you know, I don't. Brilliant. I don't know if a silent sideline would. I don't think it would work. To be honest, but with I you. asked the question: How do yeah. you police it? Yeah, see, this is it. Like you couldn't. You'd have to have marshals for every second person at every game. Like, and that's just not going to happen. Let's be realistic about it. In hindsight, it's a great idea if we, you were at a more professional capacity, but unfortunately. You know, we're not. Um, I don't like I don't think it would help, but I do think I do think the onus has to come back on the clubs as well. Like, you know, they need to be kind of setting standards and setting a bar of, you know, who you know, who their club is and who the who who've been representing their club, like and if they're going to be throwing back abuse at, you know, umpires, officials, even players as well then they have no business being part of a club. And I'm going to be the devil's advocate on this, obviously, because I am a chair of a club as well. And I've had it Mm. recently with some of my own guys as well. But it's very hard. And I mean, you know the guys that's members, okay? And you can deal with them. And I can understand where you're coming from as well. But you have clowns 
yeah. for a better word, that's after coming to a game, they're not members of a club or whatever, and you, as, as an executive member of the club, go over and tell them to please shut up or mm. you're going to be removed from the field or the referee is going to call off the game or whatever, and they're only going to turn around and tell you to basically F off, yeah. it's nothing to do with you, go away. But the, see then, so what do you do with people like that? So like, so basically, like non-members for all the world. Yeah, like you know, and this is what's going to happen then. Like, and it's going to be again, it's going to be just so sad and so soul destroying for clubs. Like, it's kind of going to come to the stage where you'll only be allowed in, into a match if you are a member of that club, and that's what's going. To, so you might as well be kind of you know closing off the closing the doors. You for might matches. as well close the doors. Do you know, because the most because people turns up to games may not be club exactly. Members they anyway. may not be club members, but like if the abuse is going to continue towards any sort of a match official any kind of player or anything like that and if it's really going to impact on people's physical and mental health then there is going to have to be something brought in that it is going to be members only that are going to be allowed to go to view these games you know obviously then you know if somebody is in is at a match and they are a member of the club they can be asked then to leave like you know obviously if they're not a member of the club there's really nothing you can be done but the only way to kind of stop it is to make them become a member of the club and then it's up to the club then to put a sanction on the so-called member and tell them that they have a 3-4 match ban or whatever the case may be or even a fine like if you can't act like a respectable and responsible adult at games you have no place being there Yep, nope, totally And I listen, I get I get in the heat of a moment we can all throw an owl F or a you know whatever out of yeah us. but that's different yeah do you know that is different but like if you're going the extra yard to be physically and mentally abusing people it's a form of bullying you have no place being there get out of my sight you shouldn't be here we know the as. rugby imposes big sanctions yeah. on people including coaches when it comes to uh refereeing matters and I know this from the documentary that I done as well during the year that there was one particular coach in Leinster was actually after getting a 16 week ban mm. for just verbal abuse of a referee 16 weeks yeah. I mean they take matters seriously the FAI has now stepped up as well and they are now giving any player or official as in coach whatever backroom team mm-hmm. a 6 match ban yeah. if they are actually using threatening behaviour or aggressive behaviour towards a match official they've increased it to six games. And if you're going off the field and you're still insulting the referee, well, then there's further sanctions to go on top of the six games that you're going to get as well. Mm. So maybe something like that needs to be looked at. I mean, people are giving out in Camogie that if you're getting sent off, you're going to get a minimum of a two-game ban in Camogie. Okay, depending on what it is, and they're saying it's harsh, you can go out and you can headbutt a fella in a GAA game and depending on what's in a referee's report, you can get a one-match ban for it, right? yeah. But if there were serious sanctions for abuse of referees put into it, that it was going to be a minimum of a five or six game ban that you were basically going to miss the whole of the season mm. over something stupid that you could control yourself, yeah. would you think that it would be uh, appropriate or do you think that it would work? I think it would work and I think, you know, it would bring, I think it would bring into the game, you know, a lot more respect toward the teams would have for each other so not saying the teams don't have respect sorry that came out wrong um, I think the way we'd approach our game would be a lot more respectful and I think you'd probably get better games as well from it if teams were not that they have in the back of their head but if they knew that there was a certain standard that they had to uphold on a, on the, on a team and that their, their managers and coaches had a certain standard that they had to follow through as well I do think you know it is way too easy I don't want to say much but it is way too easy to get a red card get sent off 
and nine times out of ten you're back the following week for a match like it is a bit like what's the you know like that means I could go out this weekend now and I could just turn around and say right okay I'll be playing Clara now in the next match I'm going to go over here and I'm going to absolutely KO chap clear there with a box and get him gone um, you know he'll be out he won't be able to do anything and I'll be only gone for this match or what harm is it like you know what's the point yeah. what's the point then there has to be a tougher there has to be there has to be a tougher sanction put on it but there has um, to be it's disappointing there has to be personal well. responsibility it is disappointing it is disappointing I suppose that we have to still talk about this as well because like you know I just feel that we're just going to keep going around and round in circles. It's and like a merry-go-round. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, and I think like, you know, we can all do the talk and, you know, all these surveys can be done and listen, it's great, it's a real eye-opener for that these surveys are being done but unless someone at the top is actually going to do something about it and actually put it, put it into motion and get people to follow it through, unfortunately, in 12 months' time, we'll still we're still going to be talking about this conversation, yeah. Well, if you think that you could do better out on the field or you could become a referee, well, as I always say, go do the course, become a referee, go Mm. out and try it for yourself and see how far it goes. And it might take a couple of games before you get abused, but when it happens, you'll know exactly what we are all talking about. Well, that is about it. Time has flown by here again in the KCLR studios here as it does every week. Don't forget the podcast goes out on a Tuesday evening uh, on all of the podcast places where you would usually get it. And as we always say, don't forget to click on the little bell, download it, get your notifications as soon as Come On Kind goes live. You will be told about it and you'll be able to listen in to myself and Anya as always every week going through the club championship and much much more as well so don't forget it's also available on scoreline.ie it's available on the new KCLR 96FM app and it goes out snippets of it online as well through the news on KCLR during the week and also on scoreline with Shane O'Keefe as well at the weekend but from ourselves here from episode 3 in the comfort of Studio 2 here in KCLR 96FM it's goodbye from myself and Anya until we meet you again next week thank you goodbye this is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Oh